Hey, thanks for tuning in to You Had Me at Black. I'm Martina Abrahams. This week's story comes from Mimo. One day, Mimo's boss tried to stomp on her dreams for a reason that will make your blood boil. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in. This is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. So my grandma's name is Werkenesh, which means you are golden. And I guess the story begins with having multiple uncles and aunties that lived at her home in Ethiopia. And one day, one of my aunties was like, oh, you know, your grandpa, that's not my dad. And I was like, what do you mean? And at that time, I was about six or seven years old. And I was thinking, like, that is so weird. Like, why isn't my grandpa your dad? That doesn't make sense to me. And so I ended up asking my mom, why is my auntie's dad different than your dad? Like, what, what does that mean? And then that's when my mom revealed to me that my grandma used to go to the villages and she will find these folks that are, you know, living in a very, very bad conditions and brings them to the capital city, which is Addis Ababa, which is where I was born and raised. And she will provide them home, she will provide them schooling opportunity, work, everything that she can provide for them so that they will be better off, you know, eventually. And when my mom told me that, I was like, that is so beautiful, you know, that makes me happy that she's this kind soul and just taking on these people. And I never even considered them somebody else, like they've always been my family. And when I found out this revelation of my grandma, I realized I really want to help other people as well. Like that is part of my lineage in a way. And I actually wrote an essay to my teacher talking about how arranged marriage was really wrong and shouldn't be practiced. And I think that's when I realized that that's like my calling and that I want to be part of activism. And it provides me the light and empowers me to do better and making sure that I continue to provide that resource and opportunity to other people. And it basically just motivates me and it can make, makes me a better person, I would say. So fast forward many, many years later, I actually had come to America with my mom in 1999. So 10 years later, in 2009, I graduated from UC Davis. Go Aggies! And I came across this company, I call it Company A, and it basically provides funding to nonprofit agencies all over the world, including mostly in California, but all over the world. And so after two years working there, I started thinking about my master's program. And I was like, okay, where should I go? What school should I go to? What kinds of masters should I like go for? And then I came across public health. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I will be able to provide the work that I am passionate about. So I really wanted to pursue that. And at that time, I hit my second year with the company, and so we had to do an annual review. So I went into this lunch with my boss, 
and we were talking and he was asking me like how are things going you know what are you experiencing what are you driving on what are you not driving on and all these you know annual review stuff and then I told him you know he's like yeah you know I really been thinking about you know my future and my career and all these things I was like oh I want to go get my master's in public health and he looked at me and he was like master's and I was like yeah I really want to get my master's he just automatically says oh well you've been here 11 years and you're an immigrant. I, I mean, you've done well for an immigrant. I think you should kind of like stay where you are in a way. And at that moment, I, like my spark went away. Like it literally was like, this is shocking. I can't believe you just said that to me. But at the same time, I didn't know how to respond in that moment. The only thing I can think of is like, oh my God, he just told me to stay in my place because I'm an immigrant. And we're very, very different. He comes from money. He comes from many years of San Francisco money too, like really old wealth. But I was like, okay, all right, I'll just, I'll just let it go. And I went back to work. And the next day, I was like, I have to get this master's. There's no question about it. Especially for a person to think that I should be boxed and I've come so far and just knowing my lineage, my background, where I came from, I was like, no, I'm gonna fight for this. So I applied to University of San Francisco. It was a program that allowed me to work full-time and go to school at nighttime. And so I got accepted. And maybe like three or four days after I got accepted, he called me into the office with my supervisor and he was like, oh, I heard that you got accepted. So we would need to figure out what that looks like for you. What do you see yourself with this? Like, how do you think it will benefit the company and things like that? And kind of put me on a hot seat. And I remember right after I felt like everything kind of spiraled down. For example, one time I actually made a mistake on this document, very minor, but it ended up being this huge thing where he was like, oh, you're on your Facebook and that's why you didn't catch this error and now this is an issue and things like that. So like basically stuff that are very small, but then it becomes grand and, and kind of associating it with something that he thought that I was doing. It was like, you know how you're in a relationship and you're trying to work it out? And so that was how I felt. Like, I was trying my best to keep fighting for that relationship. But then it was obviously I'm never going to be enough for that, you know? It was just constant fighting. It was just crazy. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I, I can't figure out how to make you happy and make you see that I am actually doing good at work. And I'm actually kicking ass in school. Like... And I kept wanting to prove to him that I was an amazing woman. And I got diagnosed with autoimmune disease because I was so, so stressed out. So I have reached my third year. And two weeks before my annual review, I was talking to my boyfriend. And I was like, you know, I think I might have to quit. I think I might have to make that leap because it's not giving me any benefit anymore. It's not bettering my life. It's affecting my body internally and it's just not worth it, you know. And so I decided to quit and give my notice and I'll give them ample time because I didn't have a backup. And so at the annual review they were like, oh so how are you doing? How's school? And they were trying to be nice to me but I was like, 
you know what, I'm done. Like, this is it. It felt so horrible inside, but at the same time, I felt excited. And that moment, I lacked a lot of confidence in the decision that I made. Like, I don't know, if, what if I don't get this job? How am I gonna pay my bills? How am I gonna live? How am I gonna pay for school? And then even deeper, it was more of like, is my mother gonna be proud of me? You know, we've come so far, made this huge leap of faith coming from Ethiopia to America to an unknown land for us, and we made it this far. So from April to August, I was pretty much hustling. Like I was called calling folks in all the industries that I thought that I wanted to be part of. So I was going to professors at UCSF or researchers and people who've done amazing work in women's health and anything in that spectrum. I was reaching out to them, you know, having information on interviews, taking them to coffee with no budget. <laughs> like I'm broke and I'm actually taking people out to coffee so I can just talk to them. So it took me six months to finally land that position with the city of Oakland. And everybody valued my input, you know? And it felt so good to be in that space where I'm like, oh shit, somebody really sees me and they see that I can do this job. And it's like finding a relationship that loves you, you know? And it just felt exactly like that. And it felt happy and, and exciting and very passionate. So I think now looking back, one of the most strongest moments of my life because I didn't have a sense of direction. I just went for it. You know, it was just kind of leaping into the unknown. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. Be sure to check out this episode's description for musical credits. And if you like what you just heard, head to youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side to subscribe to our newsletter and unlock access to exclusive videos, behind-the-scenes interviews, and specially curated music. That's youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side. Peace.